Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. I have in on the phone, actually, <laughs> um, a guest, Nessie Blaze, who is a mixed media artist specializing in realistic tattoo artistry. She's a reality TV star, and she can be seen on this uh, season of Black Ink Crew Compton, which you can catch Wednesdays at, at 10 p.m. Check your local listings on VH1. And she's a music, music artist. Welcome to the show, Nessie. How are you? <laughs> All right. So you have one of the most stacked resumes I've seen in quite some time. So like um, a reality TV star, a tattoo artist and a music artist. And I just feel like a lot of people say they want to be in different avenues and stuff, but you're actually in different avenues currently. Yes. I like to switch things up, you know, so I don't get bored with anything. <laughs> I, I see. And you're actually really good at everything that you're doing, too. So that's that's a plus as well. Thank you. Now, I was doing a little bit of research on you, and it said that you're from Pennsylvania. And I'm like, oh, cool, she's from Pennsylvania. But then it said you're specifically from Philly, which is where I'm based. I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> well, I'm from the suburbs of Philly. I'm okay. not from Philly, the city. Okay. That's so interesting. But I'm from around Philly, yes. It's cool. So now I always start off shows when I and I do something called I do a personal story. But since we've never actually like met, I thought I would play a little game called What About Your Friend so that our listeners could get to know you a little bit better and myself. So because you're from the Philadelphia area, um, what would you choose as your choice cheesesteak, Max, Geno's or others? Other. Other. <laughs> what would the other be? I like Jim's or Delessandro's. I was going to say Delessandro's too. I've actually never been to Max or or Gino's ever. I've never been there. Me either. Oh, I don't. I don't think that it's. I don't know. It might just be the hype. You know, when it's like tourist places, you mm-hmm. know, people like the locals are like, "Nah, that's not really the good spot." You know, that's just the most popular spot. That's how I feel about oh. that. And it's weird too yeah. because, like, as a person who's been here and like I lived here like half my life, most of my life, and I've just never, I never felt the need to do it. But Delessandro's, I love. Yeah, so good. Now that you're on a reality TV show, I wanted to know who would be like your Mount Rushmore of reality TV show stars. <laughs> um, wow, it's actually funny because I don't really watch reality TV mm-hmm. um, anymore. Like in high school and stuff, I did. Um, but that's when like Jersey Shore was happening. And, Makes like, sense. You know, just like I don't know if I could count them as Mount Rushmore worthy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have my favorites that people that are themselves in my favorites. So okay. I love Cardi B, even though she was, you know, she might have been a mess while she was on there, but it's she just, was herself. It's yeah, she was herself and she's real. And I like, I appreciate that. Anybody snooky, you know, everybody like was like against her because she was like messy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she was herself. She's like, she don't, she was like, can I curse on here? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she doesn't give a shit. You know, she just does her. And like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. And mm-hmm. if you do, you do. Even with those two examples alone, like it shows being yourself will get you further than anything. Absolutely. And they both still, I mean, Cardi B's fairly newer, but, but Snooki's been around for like years at this point. Yeah, she's actually a judge on a tattoo show now, I think. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, if you could tattoo anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, Tupac. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac or Nipsey. Honestly, I would love to tattoo Nipsey. Have you ever met Nipsey? I have. Okay. Okay. I asked that because there was something I saw that like stuck out to me right away. It said like a a trademark that you have. It's attitude on Pac, hustle on Nip. Yeah. 
Yes. And when I saw that, yeah. I was like, wow, like this is this is cool. And it's like a cool like because people compare um, Nipsey to Tupac a lot now. Like that's like a, like a go to comparison, which I think kind of makes sense, too. Yeah. How was it meeting him? I didn't like it to like, like, hi, this is Ness, this is Nip. It wasn't like that. Um, I was at Complex Con and I was working for Death Row Records. Okay. And Nipsey was coming in for an interview with Puma. Puma was interviewing like everybody, Karuf, Theo Gotti, um, a bogey, all these different people. And so I knew Nipsey was coming because one of my friends had told me she works for Puma. And so the whole day I was just like waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, but I just, I was just like, I was just looking. Like I was so starstruck. I was just like looking. <laughs> and then I had um, his all money in symbol as the background of my phone. And in his interview, I was like standing outside of like the door. And I just held my phone up to like show him, and he like gave me a salute, and then wow. on the way out, um, I was just like, "Thanks, bro, you're a real one." And then he just like turned around like for a quick picture, and then he just left. But it was it was dope. The energy he has a different type of energy, you know, when he goes places. It's like even before I turned around and actually saw him, I feel like I you feel like certain people's auras, you know. When yeah, they walk for in, sure. I was just like, "Well, something's different." You, you know, say like, you work all for of a sudden, like everybody's energy changed. I, I I could see that. And it's weird because I didn't know much about Nipsey before he passed. But, like, you can tell, even by talking to someone like you, you can tell, like, the effect that he actually did have on so many people. So, like, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Yes. And it's you so s- sad what happened. Absolutely. You say you worked for Death Row Records? Um, not for the record label. It's a clothing line now. Um, okay. And my friend Mel and my friend Liz, who she books me, like, a... Uh, like freelance modeling gigs sometimes, mm-hmm. and she had asked me the day before if I would be down to go to Complex Con. You know, she's like, you know, Death Row Records needs some models, they need some people to work the booth, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's dope. And so, um, kind of last minute, but I ended up working out. I just kind of walked around with the flyers, and we had to wear the gear, you know, mm-hmm. and now trying to direct people to go to our booth. So, so what- I think that's another reason that like everything like lined up perfectly because Nip was super influenced by Death Row when he first started. Yes, you know. And so, like, for me to meet him and be working for them and just, like, I don't know. I just feel like there was some type of connection that I probably couldn't prove. And I probably sound crazy saying that. But, like, I know he saw me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's a personal connection. Like, you felt it yourself. And I think that's the only thing that, like, really matters. Yeah, exactly. So, let me get this straight. You are a tattoo artist, a reality TV star, a singer, and a model. No, I'm not a singer. (laughs) Oh, sorry, a music artist. Music artist. And, And a model. Wow. You really don't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Gotta stay on my toes. I'm like, what can't I do? Let me figure right. this out. <laughs> now, with the reality TV route, how did that get started? Um. Well, my friend Lemire, he's also from Philly, and he's a super dope artist. And I was, like, a fan of him for years. Um, Just his work ethic and his, like, artistry. Like, he's a perfectionist with everything he does. He's super dope. And I know, like, I love to like follow people that I know I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And um, one day he just reached out to me on Instagram. He's like, hey, you know, I got this opportunity. And I turned it down at first because I was in a relationship and it was just a lot of, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just turned it down at first. But then mm-hmm. six months later, we ended up working on the same event. And I was single at that time. And I was like, yo, bro, like if that opportunity is still on the table at VH1, like, I would love to, like, interview or whatever we have to do. And he's like, okay, I'll reach out to her. And they called me the next day. Wow. And um, it was kind of a process, like, getting into it, just, you know, going back and forth to interviews and stuff like that. And then um, I ended up in New York. I randomly took a trip to New York uh, with my friend. And when I told the casting girl that I was in New York, she's like, oh, you have to stop by the office. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I stopped by, and she offered me a contract on the spot. 
Wow. I was just like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Were you nervous at all? Yeah, I was super nervous. I was like, I can't sign this right now. I have to take this home. <laughs> it, was like, it was like 15 pages. Like. And at this time when you started the show, you were living in Compton or at least L.A.? No, I was living in L.A., but I'm like, I'm bi-coastal. So like I'll go home for like a month at a time. Like every three months, I'll go stay for a month and just take clients back to back. Like I'll okay. appointments in advance. Um, and then the East Coast, you know, everything is so close over there. Yes. So that's when I make my trips to Jersey and New York and um, Florida, you know, even just because everything is just bunched up right there. So I mm-hmm. try to do like a round trip kind of mini tattoo tour. Now, I was reading something that you were one of those people that I admire who like you were like, OK, I'm working my job here. Um, there's an opportunity there for me to go to like Los Angeles. And you were you're working a job here, not like you know, in your career, but you were working and um, you decided to move to Los Angeles. And I was reading that you had $300 in your pocket when you did it. Yep, that's it. <laughs> it was probably the most irresponsible decision I've ever made in my life, but <laughs> it was the best choice. It was the best risk. <laughs> yes. Now, like, what was your mindset during that during the time period? Like, what made you, although you were saying, like, this might not be the best idea or the best choice, what made you still just like, I'm going to do it? Um, my ex, honestly, because he's the one who had opportunities out here. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything that I couldn't come back to. You know, I was waitressing at a job. And um, my boss at the time, when I initially asked to take a week off just to visit LA, so I'm like, let me see what it's like before I move my whole life mm-hmm. 3,000 miles away. You know, with this guy, like, I don't have any family out there. What if things go wrong? Um, and so I went and I loved it. And when I came back, she had picked me up the schedule and I was like, why did you take me off? And she's like, honestly, I think you were meant for bigger things. I, I wow. thought you were going to call me and say you weren't coming back. So I was just like, oh, wow. So that put in perspective because she owns a you know $1.5 million restaurant. Right, right. I was like, to hear that from her and I work for you was just like, I was like, okay, that says something that holds a lot of weight for me. So I, I thought on that for a little bit. And then when I was just like, look, I mean, what do you really have to lose? You know, if all else fails, if you go out there and it doesn't work, you come back to where you are right now. It's yes. not like you're going to go any further back. So you have nothing to lose by like trying. And you still go further than most people ever do, even if you do come back. Absolutely. And so I was just like, you know what? You're right. So I packed my stuff <laughs> and I hopped on the plane and, and went through the struggle for a few years until all this happened. When you yeah. say the struggle for a few years, because so basically the pur- purpose of this show, like I always want people to meet people in different industries and like listen to their stories because like a lot of people want to do exactly what you're doing but they only see um nessie blaze as the vh1 reality tv star who's doing the tattoos they don't know what it took to get you to that point so when you were going through the struggle in la how what was that like uh it's hard man like i always try to tell people that like when people say the struggle is a part of succeeding like it's so like all the the hardships that I went through out here, just like not knowing what, like even down not knowing what I was going to eat some days, you know, because mm. we just didn't have the money. Like I can remember days when I had like $2 in my account wow. and that was normal, you know, like literally just like, okay, I got to figure something out. If I do one tattoo, you know what I mean? For $25, it's still like, it's, that'll feed me for two days or three days or whatever the case is, you know? And that was like my main concern and then paying my rent. Um, and thank God my landlord, he was like super cool. <laughs> Um, and just was like understanding, you know what I mean? If I needed a few more days or whatever to like make the money up, but he knows I wasn't like finessing him or anything. Right. Um, but it was hard. It was super duper hard. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't even know how I got through some of it. Like when I think about it, cause I remember days when I felt like, like, just like forget everything. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, this is just too much. Like maybe, you know, working a regular job again, 
And I remember having those thoughts too, like, you know, I'm about to go and just see if I can work at this restaurant. You know, I'm going to go see if I can just wait just here. And I applied for like two jobs and then I was just like, wait, I'm cheating myself. But yeah. I keep going hard on what I'm doing. Then I spend all that energy and all that energy comes back to my craft and what I'm doing and getting better and my, my value, you know. But if I stop and like go work at a regular restaurant, even though it makes it easier, it's like a crutch, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as hard because I have something to fall back on if all else fails. And I didn't want that like. I really didn't want that security. You know, I wanted to test myself. So <clears throat> I did what I had to do, like trains, <clears throat> um, trains, buses, you know, uh, flying back and forth and just like literally having just enough money to get me there and back. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would go to Atlanta with like $40 and it's like, this is my main story that like told me like I could literally flip anything. Um, even Jay-Z says, you know, put me anywhere on God's green earth. I'll triple my word. Yeah. Like, I took my I took a flight to Atlanta with forty dollars and um I had an appointment lined up for three fifty. So I'm like, okay, forty bucks, you know, make three fifty. That's enough to feed me and that's enough to buy my flight back. Yes. So when I got there, like it, the situation it was cool because my homies were looking out, but like I didn't have anywhere to sleep, so I had to sleep on the floor the whole trip, like after tattooing and stuff. Wow. And then luckily, like I guess I always just think you're rewarded when you take really big risks. And so <clears throat> my client was originally supposed to spend 350 and he ends up booking a whole another appointment the next day and so i ended up making like 600 dollars that trip wow um but it was crazy because the whole time i slept on the floor you know what i mean like yeah. when i first got there i remember just like literally having like 20 dollars left after eating you know once and then i was just like man this has to work like something has to give right now and then just being able to like come back to la and be like okay i'm good like i'm okay like, yeah sometimes you just gotta it's just crazy how the universe works it's really crazy how the universe works it is it really is now, with the tattooed, like, artistry, where did that come from? Like, was that something that, like, like anytime somebody says they're a tattoo artist, my first thought is, like, how do you know that? Like, how did, how did you know that you knew how to tattoo? I didn't. That's the crazy part. It wasn't even my idea for me to get into tattooing. It's just that I was always drawing, painting, um, just doing art. But realistically, I didn't think, and most people didn't think at that time, that you could make money off of art, at mm-hmm. least where I'm from told you have to go to school and then you got to go to college yes. you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or something of that nature mm-hmm. in order to make any decent money and so that's what i did i literally just listened to people and i'm like okay i'm gonna get a work my ass off and i'm gonna get a scholarship and so i got a scholarship to penn state and then one day i was just like you know what i don't want to do this like this is boring <laughs> you know like it's actually not fulfilling for me at all and it wasn't like it wasn't hitting the points that i needed it to for me to feel like it was what i wanted to do and so I dropped out, and my uncle um, bought some tattoo equipment. He was like, hey, why don't you come over, try this out, because I tried it, and I can't figure it out, but I'm pretty sure you could. And I went, I did some research, and I took it and ran with it. I just taught myself until I got in a shop. I was in a shop for like six months, and then I moved to L.A., and um, I was just doing it full-time since I got here, you know, doing them for the super low $30 tattoos, yeah, $25 tattoos, just like trying to get by, trying to make stuff work, just begging people to trust me until I built up enough clientele. Wow. Um, like, survive. And you also paint murals as well. Yes. I just started painting murals a couple of years ago. I did my first one about two years ago. Okay. Three years ago. Um, but, yeah, I love it. I love murals now. I want to get into, into that more just to, like, leave a broader mark on people. You know, I'm steady taking pictures of murals when I go places. Mm-hmm. And I want to be, I want to be one of those things that, like, ends up going viral or just, like, message yeah yeah for sure i could see that and and then so with the tattoo and like even the reality show stuff if you were giving someone advice as to like they're like i want to get into this industry like what could i do what advice would you give them as far as getting into tattooing Mm -hmm. 
Um, to not get discouraged by people, it's a super egotistical industry. So, like, when you're coming up, um, it's actually a blessing because it shows you who's serious and who's not. Because now that I'm a little more advanced as an artist and people who want to learn want to learn, you can tell who's bullshitting and who's not, you okay. know? Um, just by simple stuff. Like, I used to think people were mean because they're, like, making me do this. Or they're saying, oh, well, you can't do that. Or you're not taking it seriously because you're not doing this. And it's just like, it's a super serious business, it's right. a very serious industry. And people spend a lot of time perfecting their craft. So we, it's hard to help people who, who just think it's going to be instant. You're going to be instantly good. Or you're just instantly trying to make money. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like you really have to put a lot of work in and um, draw, draw a lot. Mm -hmm. You have to draw, you have to do all the things before you start tattooing, you know, do your research on cleanliness and get your bloodborne pathogens and make sure you're doing things the right way. Because, Things can get messy, you know, when you're dealing with bodily fluids, like it's damn near like be having a hospital job. You yeah. know, you're dealing with needles and blood and skin and you're literally damaging people's skin to an extent, you know, <laughs> like you have to, you got to know what you're doing in this, in this kind of industry and like take pride in it. Want to be that good, you know, don't want to get into it more than you want to be good at it. I like that too. I like the because I guess I didn't even really think about it. From the, I actually have no tattoos, but I I never thought oh, about wow. yeah no <laughs> tattoos. Um, and I, I what you just said now from the medical standpoint of it, with like the blood and all that kind of stuff like that, like you can't be squeamish if you want to do tattoos. I think that's why I don't have them. I think I'm somewhat squeamish, but like yeah. you can't be if you're actually going to perform a tattoo on someone. Yeah, and it's not, it's actually not too bad because it's more like scrapes. So like, you know, a doctor's needles, they like go into your muscle and it's like deeper. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even like those kind of needles, but it's more like an irritating feeling. It almost kind of feels like rug burn or like some type of just like stinging. Gotcha. Um, but if you do it the wrong way, you can cause like a lot of bleeding and skin trauma and stuff. Like, you really have to, and it's all about techniques too. So, there's ways, there's different ways to do things that aren't necessarily right or wrong, but what works for me might not work for you mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, we can both have the most beautiful tattoos in the world. It's just all about how you do it. You know, um, the littlest things make the biggest difference when you're tattooing. So. Okay. Be, and as far as reality ready. TV, if someone wanted to get into that industry, I know it's difficult to give them like advice on like, this is what you have to do, but being someone who's actually in it now, what advice would you give someone who's actually found themselves into reality TV show or joining that industry? Um, know who you are. Be confident in who you are. Um, it's very easy when cameras are on or when there's other people around you and you're, you're making comparisons and you're looking at how things are being done to like compromise and try to be what people want you to be. Um, I don't do that. Like, <laughs> I don't do that at all. Um, and sometimes it's even that's hard because like you get home and you're like, ah, was I right or was I wrong? Yeah. You know? Um, but that's where like knowing yourself and like being confident in what you're trying to do comes into play. It's like, you really have to have tough skin and be like, and just be ready for a whole bunch of people who don't know you to comment on your life. You know, you sign up for that. Like when people say, oh, mind your business or whatever. It's like, you chose to be everybody's business. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's true. And you, when you get into that into that limelight it's like you didn't fame is not you doing you and people just loving you and not and not um criticizing you when you're not doing what they want that's it's all part of it you got to take the good with the bad yeah um but honestly even with like tweets and stuff like that like i don't know if it's just me but it's just things don't bother me as much as i thought they would like i was really afraid of what people were going to say about me like when i first got into it and now i'm just like ha, ah, this is hilarious you know because it's just like you don't know me you know and i yeah. know people who do know me would stick up for me in a heartbeat or tell you who I am 
I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about that with the social media. Like, how do you deal with that that kind of like scrutiny, scrutiny and everything? Because I saw something where um, someone messaged like messaged you on Twitter, and they were like, "You said something about Pac wearing blue. Pac never wore blue." And you just was like, "Yes, he did," and provided a picture. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like she she gets back with them. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the like more aggressive ones, I don't even give them the time of day because I don't want to respond to like negativity. Because mm-hmm. I feel like anytime you do, it just starts a whole, it just ignites the fire. And it's like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just going to let you burn out on your own. You know, if I don't say anything, it gets, it basically just falls off the map. It gets diminished. Like, <clears throat> but with that situation, I was just like, I have to tell you because you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Gotta let you know. He did, you know, and um, and I was I was even gonna say more, even as far as the Nipsey, because it was a Nipsey tribute, and Nipsey was trying to unite everybody. And Nipsey loved everybody. He was a crit, but he still loved Bloods. He loved different essays. He loved different people of all different sets. So I was gonna say, you know, that was actually my point in putting Tupac in blue. I know that he always wore red, but he wasn't necessarily affiliated. He was only affiliated with that because of Suge, you know. Makes sense. Um, yep. And so when I put the blue on him, I purposely did that because I wanted to show that, you know, it was about unity, you know, um, over like the colors. I like that. So, um, yeah. Usually at this point in the show, I ask my um, guests like what's next, but I wanted to specifically focus on your music journey. So I was listening to some of your songs um, that were on the Nessie Blaze compilation that was released earlier okay. this year. And my favorite is is Sky's the Limit. I I like I love that song. Thank you. I love it. That's my and, favorite too. Yeah, I'm actually working on a lot of new music now. I finally got a team behind me. For the longest, it was like I was kind of racing against the clock in the studio because it's expensive to make mm-hmm. music. Um, and then it's it's a process, so it's not like a you know you just get in, do what you got to do, and get out. It's like if you really want to be creative, you got to have the time to like test things out and kind of like sound stupid sometimes just like trying to see where things go when you do different things and i really didn't have that freedom until recently and so now i have a team behind me and different producers and stuff i can work on i'm working on new music my main focus is just to influence i'm not really like here for the popularity contest Mm -hmm. i want everyone to love it but it's not that's not my main focus my main focus is for people who hear my music to be inspired you know i feel like even sky's the limit um like I'm trying to tell people what you have to go through and what the process is to be successful, you know, like what what it means to not put limits on yourself, to not let society like diminish whatever goals or like ambition you have because your dreams are just too big or it just seems too far off. It's like, look, we got all this time right now. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's going to pass anyway. So instead of spending a, uh, your life in a nine to five that you hate, t- t- telling yourself that you can't do it, you need to like turn around and be like, you know what? I might have to work a little harder. I might have some more time. I might have to do a little more. But at the end of the day, you're at least doing what you want. And you have your freedom. And I'll always stand by that. You know? I, yeah, I like that. I also Ownership. like Worth It. And also one of my other favorites on there were, is DM. And the reason I like DM, literally, so I was having a conversation with a friend. And she was complaining about guys sliding to her DMs and doing the most with her DMs. And then saying, like, these same guys are talking to all these other girls. And, like, you can kind of tell that it's, like, the same copy and paste message over and over and over and it, it gets redundant literally i heard this mm-hmm. song the next day and i sent it to her and i was like this is your life right now <laughs> that's the truth and that's why i made it too because it's just like oh like sometimes i really like like i appreciate someone's relationship from like a social media perspective mm-hmm. and then, like their boyfriend like slides in my dm and he's like hey you know what's up with tonight like what are you doing today like and i'm just like ew you know like like, like you're in a relationship you know stop what I'm saying? like mm-hmm. i just, 
I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm not interested at all. Um, I don't need you to to waste my time whatsoever. And I feel like social media just makes it easier for people to do that. Yeah, for sure. And so basically, you draw a lot of inspiration from your own life and people around you as well. Yeah, definitely. Everything. I'm super uh, adamant about staying true to myself. Like, you're not going to hear me say in a song, unless I'm saying it metaphorically, you're not going to hear me say anything that's not either a projection of who I plan to be or um, or what I'm actually doing right now, just because I feel like words are powerful. It's also things like you manifest things the way you talk about them. Like, even if you listen to some of like the OGs in hip hop, like there are people who like, not to say this is why it happened, but like, you know, big you are like ready to die and like. Every people that speak a lot about death and stuff like that, like that's a dangerous topic to play with. Yeah, you know? because, yeah. And... Like, if you really believe it, and you're really like your mind and soul and body is like going into this like energy, like that's what you bring back on yourself. And so that's why I'm really specific about what I write about and like growth and just people um, interested in self mastery and just like being successful and keeping your integrity and doing it your way. Mm-hmm. Because it's never been done before, it doesn't mean that it can't be done. Wow. <laughs> like nobody's really doing that. Nobody's really in that lane as far as female rap. You know, we can we can rap about, you know, our sex, how good our sex is and all that all the time. But Bentley's Bentley doesn't make commercials, you know? Good so point. Good point. You gotta like you gotta like really think like what are you trying to what message are you trying to convey here? I think Jermaine um, Dupree would be very pleased with you. Yes. Man, <laughs> he hmm. <laughs> Um so, sorry. So, Nessie, I end every show asking guests for their puzzle piece. So the puzzle piece is basically like a quote or a mantra or a word that you live by. And the reason I do this is because I feel like this this world we live in is just like a blank canvas. And we're all doing our part to put our pieces together to like connect each other and make it a better place. What would you say your puzzle piece is? Um, I would say it'd have to be a quote. Um. It says, at the end of the day, you are who you are, and it's probably who you've always been. Wow. I like that. I just feel like people don't know. Like, Kobe was Kobe the whole time, even before we recognized he was Kobe. Mm -hmm. Obama was Obama the whole time. His whole life, he was always going to be Obama. You know, I feel like people need to remember, like, if you want to be something or if you're going to do something in life, that you have to know who you are at the end all be all. Like, because you're that person the entire time. Your whole journey is is adding to that person. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, Nessie, where can I find you on social media? Um, you can find me at Nessie underscore Blaze on Instagram, Nessie Blaze on Twitter. Um, my music is on all streaming platforms, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Tidal, um, Pandora, Nessie Blaze. I just have the compilation out now, but I do have some new original music coming soon I'm really excited about. <laughs> so um, definitely tune in. And VH1 every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, 10, 10 p.m. Black yes, Ink 10 p.m. Black Ink Compton. <laughs> Guys, check your local listings. Nessie, thank you so much for coming or uh, calling in today. Yes, thank you, Dexter. Thank you. you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Industry, Industry Friends. friends. Industry friends.